People don't think female comics are funny because for the longest time, there weren't that. I mean, there's still more men that do it, but there were less women. So that if one woman got up and sucked and she was the only woman on the lineup, she represented the minority. So it's like with any minority, when one of you does something bad, the whole group gets blamed. You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, a lifestyle podcast hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Tune in for a new episode every Tuesday to hear our honest conversations about topics like wellness, entrepreneurship, spirituality, and self-development with guests who are really smart, really inspirational, and really fucking funny. (laughs) It's real, it's raw, and it's unfiltered. Inspired by our transition from our 20s to our 30s, we realized it's so much more than that. Our mission is to provide you with the tools, guidance, and motivation to help you navigate any transitions in your life and propel your personal growth. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. Do you like that bar? I like it. They used to have other bars that were better. You got the... Uh Uh-huh. I like it. <laughs> I'm finishing a bar. <laughs> <laughs> the old ones that they had were better. They were more like foodie. Mm. You know? They're fine. I mean, I agree with you. And everyone's saying, what bars? Yeah. Can't tell you. Because <laughs> we talk shit on it. So yeah, we can't literally. Because we're on the fence. <laughs> None of our sponsors, though. That's for sure. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> a non-sponsored bar. <laughs> Who would have thought? Um, hello. Hey guys. Everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Happy you are here. Hope you're having a great day mm-hmm. or drive to work. Maybe it's just getting started. Maybe you're on a walk. We love walking with you. Uh, maybe you're folding laundry. We also Cooking. love, we don't love folding laundry with you, but you know, we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I like to, sometimes I like to listen to podcasts when I always go to the bathroom quickly, mm-hmm. so it's not the best place, but I just like sitting and like putting a podcast on while I'm just letting your in the bathroom. Hole open. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> just letting it air out. Oh, I just had a cramp. Oh, you're right. Chris is giving birth today. Today I'm giving birth, you guys. So I haven't <laughs> had my... Um, uh, welcome to the podcast. If you're new, this is kind of how it goes. I haven't bled. <laughs> I haven't bled in like three months and I actually just got... Um, new treats from this awesome bakery. I need to it's find like, it because you guys, I had the treats and I started my period hours later and it's like a moon cycle bakery. Oh, moon cycle bakery. oh here it is. Okay. Um, let me see. Okay. Like what is in it? It's, yeah. It's actually called moon cycle bakery. So it's hormone supportive sweet treat. This is non-sponsored hormone supportive sweet treats delivered to your doorstep. So they help redefine your time of the month and they are like different sweets for you, how you are in the month. So like there's like a really rich gooey chocolate that you have when you're on your period, like that has adaptogens and like Mm -hmm. healthy fats. And then before it's like a lighter seed, they all have seeds in them too. So Mm -hmm. it's like seed cycling with it. What are you laughing at? I'm laughing because I'm just picturing like... (laughs) The, the like ooey gooey lava chocolate cake is when like you're full blown, like bleeding everywhere. And then there's like a white milky (laughs) (laughs) substance in the middle of the donut. (laughs) Um, So it's called Moon Cycle Bakery and they support your cycle or whatever. And I proceeded after I had them to like cry for two hours and then started my period. 
That's so weird That's and pretty so cool. Sweet. Yeah. You should um Poor Justin. tell them. I should. Yeah, like yeah. I haven't had it in months and now I'm What was the cry? It was just a cry? No, just like Yeah. Yeah, I just feeling really insecure lately. So mm. just had a good cry. Yeah. You've been like out there a lot. Yeah. And like it's uh it's something that I think comes up for everyone, but it comes in a different intensity too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. I hear you. Yeah. Whether you're either just taking pictures for Instagram or now we're kind of like, we have like video cameras and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Cause then I go back and forth. I'm like, I want to be in a place where I'm like, loving myself where I am so yeah, that I can I know, be an same. example for others. But then I'm like, same. I also want to like look at myself on a video and be like, cool. Totally. Like I'm proud of that. But not that I'm not proud. It's just some days I'm like, I don't give a fuck about my hair I know. or my makeup. But then I always regret it. I'm like, Duh. I know <laughs> that's like for our event. Like everyone's like, wow, you look so pretty or whatever. Cause we have like, I have a full face on. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're filming, you know, my goal is to really just have the videos happen <laughs> and to not think at all about I what I look like I during them Same. or like what my body looks like or what my, you know, that's really like just the goal just to like have it be and be. Mm-hmm. So working on the balance mm-hmm. of like loving it where I am. And then like also, I know, you know, it's just hard. I want to like see someone. I want to see like a therapist for yeah. that, to be honest. Yeah. Our girls have recommended tons of, mm-hmm. I called a few the other day. You did? Mm-hmm. I have, yeah, I have a few really recommended ones mm-hmm. that I need to go see, but I want to make sure they specialize in that. In like nutrition, I get not even nutrition. Like I don't even want anyone to tell me what to do, but like help to reprogram. Mm-hmm. I really want help reprogramming my subconscious I mean, that's really what it is. And there's something there too that I can't really figure it out. So I want help doing that. Absolutely. Well, we were on the road recently. Yep. We've kind of rounded out. North America is North done. North America for now. Mm-hmm. Everyone just cried because they're like, what about? Yeah. Um, what about us? <laughs> Philly and DC mm-hmm. and Miami and Oh my God, Atlanta. Portlandia. Did you see that episode where they did um, like a musical? They're like, what about men? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so funny. It's like a response to the feminist movement. And it's just a bunch of dudes being like, what about men? <laughs> so... <laughs> They're genius. Dude. I fucking love Portland. Obsessed with them. Mm-hmm. Fred Armiston, number one. Number one. Number one. I love him. He's so funny. But we were, so we had an amazing event at Four Moon Spa. We had um, just a an incredible group of women come and, and treat themselves to a day together. And we had breath work and we had medical medium and we had all that stuff. Sound baths, acupuncture. Bath. It was great. Um, and... On our way home, we, we, so we had the team with us. We had the full blown, all the monkeys in the barrel, all the barrel of monkeys. (laughs) Yeah, that, (laughs) (laughs) and, um, it was awesome. Everyone was so helpful and are, they all are so different. Totally. So when they're together, I mean, it's a carnival. I love it. It's so fun. They're just so, I just. All of them are so unique. I just am in <laughs> awe of all of them. Mm-hmm. And then seeing them interact together, I'm just in awe of it all. It's hilarious. I just like, it's amazing. I love them so much. I just like, 
I call them a barrel of monkeys because they're just like so cute to me. Everyone. So cute. And so, um, and just so sweet. Unafraid too, (laughs) which is sometimes a good thing and sometimes a bad thing, but they're, (laughs) it's just, I, I don't think I was that confident in knowing what made me feel good at that age. Uh-uh. And they're like, what makes me feel good is, is so the wellness, the spirituality, and they're hanging around us, which doesn't, which helps. Yeah. <laughs> but I was not that evolved. So mm-hmm. it just like warms my heart that they are uh, there. Um, but we went in a separate car, Kristen and I, cause we were going to a hotel and they had this house they were staying in, which was so fun. And um, we, the battery died. What do you want to say? I want to get to the Pet Boys. Okay. Because I think it's... Well, you could say what it is. So oh, we get in the car and I I'll was like trying to it. turn on the car and I noticed that my lights were on, but I didn't want to admit it. And I was like, oh, oh. shit, my lights are on. So I was like, oh, my car isn't starting. <laughs> you thought I Funny. was like Justin for a second I where did. you had to like fuck. I just like didn't even want to know I it. Know, and I then know. like we... And then a sweet angel listener... Mm-hmm. Um helped us Cindy. out. Cindy called AAA for us. And then they were like, so were your lights on or anything? And I was like, yep. <laughs> Everyone at Fort was is like pulling up a hundred cars to try and jump it. We're like trying to jump my car. 4A, AAA helps us. We go to, we end up at Pet Boys mm-hmm. in the middle of California, outside of San Diego. Yeah. It was sexy. It was sexy. We should have done a photo shoot. We should have done a photo shoot. Um, but that's the real, real behind the scenes. That's the real, real. So we had two hours between events and what really happens is Christopher gets to turn off her fucking lights and we're at pet boys for like two hours. And of course they're like, you need a new battery. And I'm just feeling like everyone's scamming me. And I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> and then we're driving. We're like, Oh fuck, we should get a new battery. And then I'm like, Oh, I got a flat tire too. Oh yeah. Did you actually or no? no it just seems like it. A little low. Yeah. Um, I loved at the dinner. So we had a dinner on Saturday night at Hotel mm. Republic. They have a really nice restaurant at the top called Topside. Um, it's like mm. a beautiful outdoor bar grill area with like high tops. And then there's cozy low tops and they have like little light lamps if it's cold. And there was like 14 of us and no one was on their phones. That was so good. Everyone was talking. Everyone was like up out of their chairs, having conversations with people they didn't know. It was like such a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. Yep. Love that. It was really, really nice. Um, It was refreshing. I'm not, um, I think you've been around more influencers with the the blog at first. And so um, that every every time I'm in, I'm with other influencers, I'm always like, am I, you know what I mean? It's just Mm -hmm. like a weird thing, but they're all, they were all so kind and um, very honest. We went around and kind of shared like what they were really proud of um, as entrepreneurs lately and and what was really challenging. And I just really appreciated the honesty and the vulnerability because, you know, they have the prettiest Instagrams and then they're like dealing with some real shit. So I really appreciated that. Yeah, it was really nice. We opened it up with kind of a conversation where each person went around and talked about those things, which was really nice. Mm-hmm. Ava, on my right, whose podcast we will be on, she's awesome. Oh, yeah. She looks like one of my friends from home. So whenever mm. she talks, it makes me happy. I'm like, you look like one of my friends. Yeah, totally. She has a familiar face yeah. for me too. I'm like, Can't oh. put, put my finger on it. The way she did, so she talks in her mouth. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder whose friend yours is. I know. Doesn't I don't know if you guys have ever had that, but it makes me so happy when I find yeah. people that remind me of someone. Like it feels like home. Totally. Like Sarah. 
mm. Merrill. Mm-hmm. We went to a dinner and met this chick. Her name was Sarah Merrill of the Instagram Big Kid Problems. And um, she reminds me of my friend, Julie Capalupo. And she just like warmed my heart. I was like staring at her. I'm like, I'm home. Sarah's so cool. Coolest ever. I can't wait to have her on the pod. Yeah. She's the coolest. Best. Best. Speaking of rad women, today's guest can't get over it. Um, We had the best conversation with Eliza Schlesinger. Yeah, this is madness. 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 Emily, her awesome assistant came. (laughs) She's so cool. She's an angel. And Blanche. Blanche came. Yeah, dude, her little pup. So little cute. pup was in the building. Apparently Blanche goes everywhere because I, w- I mentioned, I forget to who, I was like, oh, we talked to Eliza today. It was amazing. And they're like, oh, did she bring Blanche? And I was like, yeah. She's like, like, he's famous. Yeah, I was like, is Blanche more famous than- Yeah, she's <laughs> like, have you seen his Blanchstagram? <laughs> <laughs> like, not yet. But if you've, if you've watched Eliza's recent Netflix special, um, I mean, we've been f- fans forever, but this recent special, like really just brought it home for me, all the reasons yeah. why I fucking love her. She talks about topics that are really fucking important and relevant in a way that is obviously funny, but also, um, includes both men and women. A lot of it is around like kind of female empowerment and, but it really is inclusive to men because she doesn't hate men. She's like, I don't hate men. Like I love men. Like I want, I want to include them in the conversation and not ostracize them, make them feel like shit. And it's done in a way that's really playful and, but very smart. She is so smart. Um, and you know, as with a lot of people who we haven't met before, she's like, I didn't know what this was going to be like. Two girls, two girls, blonde girls from LA with a podcast. What the fuck is this? And so I love when that happens. Yeah. She's like, this was a delight. Yeah. It was so cool to hang out with her. So Elder Millennial is the, Mm -hmm. her fourth Netflix special. Um, She got big by being on last comic standing and she's just really worked her way to the top to become one of like the biggest comedians in the game. And I love with her too, like there's just like a knowing of what she's doing and there is a truth and honesty to her voice, Yes, you know, that she's had throughout her career that she hasn't strayed from. So it is nice to see someone like that, that has just completely been herself and stayed true to her comedy, Mm -hmm. but only gotten better from that point. Um, She also wrote a book, In 2017, she had Girl Logic, The Genius and Absurdity, which is a collection of essays and stuff like that. So she's also an author, which is Mm -hmm. awesome. And she's just like super taking on the world. Yeah, we love her so much. So thank you, Eliza, for coming on. And yeah, get to listening, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It really helps us out um, in so many ways and we appreciate them and we read them. We'll read one at the end of this episode Um, and join our secret Facebook group. We are growing by the day and it's a place where you can go to really feel supported. You can talk about whatever you want in a way that's, you know, just I don't know. I'm like enlightened every time I go in there. It's a really respectful group. Um, They're funny and people have been making friends and meeting up in real life, which is just blowing my mind. Um, So please join. There are so many subgroups too. So many subgroups. There's around 20 subgroups. So you can find one of the almost 30 nation groups in your area and meet up with amazing women or share what you're doing with people in your community. Yeah. All right. Enjoy this episode. We'll see you on the other side. I love her little tail. The tiniest tail. The little waterfall what tail. She? What is she? She's a Pomeranian Chihuahua Belgian Malinois. Of course she is. Wow. I just did a DNA test. 
Are you a good you girl? Are you a good girl? Yeah. You're a good girl. Oh, you're so sad. Can I give her a little cup of water? 100%. Does that do? I feel like you're thirsty. At Starbucks, do you get her a little puppy whip? We'll do sometimes. She's a little chubby, so. <laughs> Same. Get, like a lick of it. <laughs> Literally. But people. Like, we've got a special People coming. love to give dogs things, and I'm like, and they come over like at restaurants, like, can she have a puppuccino? And I'm like, just the, the littlest bit. Yeah. She's so heavy. <laughs> she's really heavy. You'll pick her up. You'll see. Has she always been so oh. heavy? Maybe the road's no. been stressing her out. No. Fair enough. What does her little thing say? Uh, very special lamb. <laughs> you are a special bitch. Makes me hungry. Alberta Ferretti. That's what it is. Oh. Um, I thought that was an actress. Hmm. Sweet. <laughs> it Sweet. Like we it. know fashion. Uh, I know nothing. <laughs> I have my head in my ass every um, day. Well, welcome. Here hey, we are. So glad you're here. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was so pumped. with Eliza. Um, we've been one admiring you for a long time. So mm-hmm. thanks for being here. Thank and, you. And um, thanks for having me. Our community is pumped as hell. Yeah. I thought they were going to actually keel over today. Mm-hmm. When we told them last minute. We're like, by the way. I know. I was wondering if you're going to tell them or not. Yeah, I wanted to. Hit him with a little surprise. Oh. There we go. Now they're ready. Hey, yeah. guys. <laughs> hey, guys. Get ready. It's me. Summer's here. We just, <laughs> so, Do your squats. <laughs> we were just saying, 2000, so you've been doing this now for, what, 10 years? Um, I've been doing stand-up comedy for 12 years and professionally for 10, because I started professionally in 2008. And I just feel like True. it's happened through like a really transitional time when we talk about it, but like just in your life where a lot of things are happening, kind of knowing yourself better, relationships um, as females, I think like we're just figuring a lot of shit out. So to be kind of like accelerating in your career at the same time, thank you must for be saying that. interesting, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, it's, that was so loud. It's okay. Some people listening. Oh, like, don't look at that. Their car. True yeah. profesh. She was looking at Level. which ear to put it on. She's like, I can only hear in one. I can see the levels. Make sure no one is not like true profesh. True profesh. It, it takes about 10 years. Yeah. They say to get your voice, you know, so you go through all these iterations of it, telling certain jokes. Some people yeah. try different ways and you, it takes time to find that voice. And in that maturing you find what it is you want to say, where your moral compass is. You know, some people start off like, I'll just tell any joke, you know, and that's okay. And then it's it's 10 years in, but it's also at 35, especially with this last special. I was like, I am, you know, you're always allowed to say what you want, but you feel this weird sense of impunity to mm-hmm. say the things that you've lived through. So people, if they get offended, I'm like, well, that is my experience. And I'm not saying anything to hurt anyone. And I am saying something that I genuinely lived through as a 30-something, 35-year-old, upper-middle-class, white, if you need to categorize it like that, but woman, more importantly, Mm -hmm. who does see both sides of things. So I I had somebody recently, they're like, oh, I love your specials, love you. Can you do more gay and lesbian humor? Because when I'm gay and I go out to bars and I don't experience it that way. And I was like, no. First of all, I'm not a clown for hire. So you don't get to ask me to do stuff. But moreover, that is not my authentic experience. So I can make a reference or a joke about things because that's what comedy is. But I would never deign to be like, you know, when you're a lesbian, you're out hitting on people. Because I don't know. (laughs) I don't know the soul and heart and soul of that. Mm -hmm. You can make a joke about it. But to really get into the pieces that I get into, 
it comes from experience. Yeah. And I think that's why it resonates with Have people. Have you always been like the clown for hire thing? Have you always felt like you could reply to people like that? Or sometimes were you like, like in a different time or before maybe yeah. you weren't at 10 years, would you feel like you take that criticism on and kind of think about it and maybe? No, I, you know, everybody, I mean, it's no, this is no secret that everybody feels that they can tell a stand up what to do after a set. You know no, what you should dude. talk about? You should put this in your set. And usually I think the wizened part of it and the understanding comes from realizing people mean well. And that yeah. is the, it's a responsibility you have. And there's an art to deciphering when people are actually being rude versus, oh, they didn't know any better. So I have to hold back a lot because people say the rudest things and I know that they don't mean it. So you have to just let it go. The amount of things that we as comedians, and this is for any job, just as a human, the amount of things that I do let go. And then when you get mad at something, people are like, don't let it bother you. I'm like, you don't understand literally. the amount of things I don't let bother me. Yeah, literally. And this one got me under the armor today. So it's always just been like, uh-huh. Okay, great. Thanks so much for coming. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of, I always say yeah. like, like you text us them like, thank you so much. You guys have a great Yo. night. <laughs> because you're actually, you just want to give that feedback. Like a lot of times they just want to tell you, they don't actually want to hear what you have to say back, but they mean well. Yeah. Totally. So there's that. I always feel like that with us. It's like, people want to sh- tell us their stories after stuff. Like we, we've been on tour. Yeah. So like host events and like, we'll say all this stuff and then they want to come up and just tell me their story. And it's kind of like, I don't, you know, it's like that they, cause they've heard mine. They right. want me to hear theirs too. Well, I think that, I think there's two, there's, I want to tell you how to do your job. Mm-hmm. Versus I had, I get a lot of people that pour out their hearts to me. And so I, I don't take it lightly, but you know, at a meet and greet, you're definitely paying for the moment to meet me. So I want you to say what you have to say, but the, it's interesting, the amount of DMS where people will confide in me that they're having a horrible time in life and my specials helped. And then what, what I find so overwhelming is the amount of people who are miserable Mm -hmm. and they're like, I watch your thing. So, but I'm not a licensed therapist. Like I can joke around and give advice, but when you DM me and tell me that you were molested and your mom died and this happened and this, I am not equipped to give you the right kind of response. I can only say, love you. Thank you so much. I hope you feel better. You're so strong. I just try to say something positive so that you know I read it and I'm not discarding what you're saying, but Mm. I am not qualified medically literally (laughs) to consult. Yeah. Um, But you can always say something positive and that that could never backfire. We hope. Yeah. One would hope. Were you ready for fame? Yeah. I don't, I'll let you know when I'm famous, cool. if I'm ready for it, <laughs> but I don't think it's such a gradient scale. That's you know, kind of like, what true. I know. I know. And, but what, kind of In what LA I love about, you know, comedians is that like, you are still like, because you're on tour and you are, are, are practicing what you love every single day, if yeah. not, you know, every few days, like by going to the comedy store or doing whatever. So I, I feel like you're on the ground. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Definitely. Like I do feel like you're in the mix and it's not like you're looking down. So right. I don't know. I just, I think, I think you have a different level of fame because you are kind of out there. You're definitely out. Um, that's interesting. And yeah. comedy humbles you, right? Like it does have that ability dude. <laughs> but you know, it's an instant gratification thing. So if you make a movie, you don't know if that movie's good until someone tells you it's good. You can be proud of it, but mm. you don't know because it's so subjective. Comedy, you know the second you say that joke, yeah. if people like it. Mm. So you're constantly being able to tap this source to see you know, how you want to develop that set. And I was actually just telling my assistant on the way here that it's so weird to 
What was, what was I saying was about, about the audition? What made us say that? No, but before that, like what spawned that? It doesn't matter. You're so cute. If you ever want to leave, go back to sleep. We can pay you very little. <laughs> uh, it was just the idea. <laughs> Over my dead body. <laughs> I'm going to be buried with my assistant, even if I die first. What? You're talking about Lady Gaga. Yes. Oh, we were yeah. talking about Star Wars Because you were like born. almost 30 podcasts Lady Gaga. It was like. <laughs> totally. I was yeah. like similar level. Yeah. You're like, here we are. Fame. Yes. For sure. She's <laughs> talking about how weird that has to be to be this genius musician, but to be brought down. Now, when you enter the realm of acting, mm. even though she's a great actress and she's been in uh, American Horror Story and stuff, like you're kind of entering this as like, look, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Totally. So to be touted as brilliant in one medium, but you're kind of beginning at the other because she was like, we had an agreement with Bradley Cooper that I wouldn't judge him for his musician skills and he wouldn't judge me as an actor. And I was saying that in some degree as a comic, you know, here I am at a, a theater or a casino, you have 2000 people. People are crying when they meet me. People are bringing gifts to my dog, like all these amazing things. And then the next day at like 2 PM, I'm sitting in a waiting room in Santa Monica <laughs> for like 10 lines as like barista number two. And they're like, Schlesinger, Schlesinger, Elisa. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well somewhere people know me. Yeah. So it's almost like you're a superhero at night and just like a regular person during the day. So, Do you like that? I think that would be no, kind of, no, it hurts my feelings. Really? <laughs> You're yeah. like all day. But I would think Sorry. like maybe you need like kind of not to be known in some places. Like how does it feel to like, we've been talking about it too. We're just like, on a local level, I guess people see us and we're like, oh fuck, we have to like actually care about. I, it's funny too. Cause like, <laughs> so we we're starting like. to get recognized and like, I'm like, oh God, we're going to be, and it's like so funny. Cause it's like, I'm going where all white girls go. I'm like, I keep getting recognized at Irwan and like soul cycle and these like basic girl stuff. And I'm like, I'm going like where my people are. I mean, that's an accomplishment to be picked out of a sea of blonde white women. True. True. Hey, like, thanks. That's you. Yeah. yeah. No problem. I think they just know where we're at. That, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it is one of those things and it's happened more over the last year. Like I'll just be in another city. I go to get ice cream with my feature act, Hunter, his name is Hunter. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I'll get a tweet that's like, we saw you crossing the street. Aww. We didn't want to say anything. So this is a PSA. Like you can always come say hi. Mm. Like I will, people take great measures to not be seen. Like sometimes after a show, we're tired and you don't want to be that party favor for people. So we'll get a private room or we'll get a security guard just because- you're probably drunk coming up to me to be like, this show was great. And I'm dead sober and exhausted. But if you see comics, all performers, you know, you do it for the attention at some level. So while I don't want you to like kiss me or invade my space, you can always come over (laughs) Mm -hmm. and say, hi, there's people are afraid of that. And I get it. Mm -hmm. I would be afraid to talk to somebody that I had seen on TV too. You know, yeah, you can always say hi. I've met people that I admire and I didn't have a great experience. And it was like, bummer. "Mm." Well, that's the other thing. It's like, there is that pressure to, and that's people pressure. who have been famous forever, like Johnny Depp just moved, like, you know, I'm not, A, I'm not famous and B, I haven't been whatever little famous I am for that long. So it's always nice when people say stuff, but there is that people are like, oh, I met so-and-so and they were shitty. It's like, yeah, they probably just got Dude, off a plane. Now I get it. Literally, I'm, get like, it now. I'm like, oh, I was at like a book signing yeah. and there was 300 people in front of me crying. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I get it. It's really tiring. And like, this is, it's coming from my perspective too. It's like, I need to understand that this is completely my perspective of 15 seconds of my life and like nothing to them. So it's like, I'm just, that's like a very selfish thing to say. If I'm like, oh, I had a bad experience of 15 seconds of their right. life. They're exhausted. They're at a petting Literally. zoo. They're signing the books. Petting zoo. You know, and I was there the other, I was outside a theater the other day and I popped outside of the theater to let my dog pee. 
And some girl tweeted me. She was like, saw you outside of the theater. You looked really mad. And I was like, you, you saw me across a parking lot for a moment and you're telling me that this is neither productive uh, nor helpful nor heartwarming. But then that's one of those things where people just, she probably didn't want to hurt my feelings. She was yeah. just like probably saying I was afraid to come up to you. Totally. But it's like as women, you can't walk around with a smile plastered on your face. You'll look like a sociopath. Psycho. Smile too much. They think you're special. That's what I don't miss about New York. Did you, ever, did you ever live in New York? I did oh, it. That's funny. Okay. But people think Dude I'm a New Yorker. That? Yeah. Smile, baby. And it's like- Everywhere though. Ah. Yeah, Yo. I just felt it so much in Europe. This is so awful. Cause I think I'm, it was when I was younger too. More dudes would say it to me. It was like when I was like a young it is, girl. It's you an know entry mean? level pickup line. 100%. Like they don't know, like my dick is hard. <laughs> and some girls are like, oh, I will. And you're like, okay. Totally. Uh, yesterday I was just, I forgot. We were in the car and I was in a bad mood. I, oh, oh, this is after I yelled. Yeah, there was a kid walking down the street and he was- <laughs> Was like, like a teenager. No, and he had like a cup and he took his straw wrapper and he just dropped it on the ground. And I was on a conference call and I rolled the window down and I was like, hey, you shouldn't litter. And I thought he was going to be like, fuck you and like do something awful. And he just looked at me and he went and he picked it up. Oh. And I was like, yes, I have shamed you. That's the best. I have shamed anonymously. Yes. And so I felt so empowered and I got out of the car to walk to the gym and this creepo pulled up and I know men are gonna be like, oh, what, we can't look now. And he like leered at me. He was staring and I just double middle fingers <laughs> and I walked by. We can't look now. All the while, <laughs> oh, for sure. That's how like incels will take it. But all the while looking back to make sure he hadn't gotten out of his car. Dude, that's the thing. You're like, fuck you. And then you're like, <laughs> oh, I have a whole bit about it. But I'm like, you you want to look at me? At least be tactful about exactly. it. But if you're gonna stare like a creep in your car, I have the right to be like, fuck you. Absolutely. If you just want to like look real quick, that's fine. <laughs> don't stare like you're gonna totally. do something. Totally. And then like we'll you're hear gonna that. eat me. It's the every um, yeah. dudes know there's an art to staring. Just take yeah. a look, look real quick. But yeah. you, he was like hanging out the window, and I'm like, Yeah, we are were we gonna on go? the um, the boardwalk. My boyfriend and I we were walking, and you know how sometimes there's like people on the boardwalk that like do art or shit to like for money. So this guy, he's like sculpts um, stuff with sand. He sculpted like this mermaid with sand. Of course, she has like tits and shit. She's Giant like a hot tits. mermaid. There was like a homeless guy walking by, and he was like, Oh, like to the mermaid. <laughs> the sculpt. Me and Justin were like, Did you just see that dude checking out that sculpted sand? <laughs> rock he thought it was real. Rock Ready to go. Oh, it was so fucking funny. I mean, like, he's obviously totally sane. <laughs> totally sane. But you know, it's that thing where like you say these things and I hope other women find it empowering and there's a time and a place to like flip people off. But then some guys hear it and they're like, and they get yeah. upset about their right. And it's like, look, we all, you have the right to stare and I have the right to flip you off. Mm -hmm. Your rights end at your neighbor's nose until one of us does something physical. Like we're all just going to act like animals. So but it was just me in that moment. I was like, I don't have to take, I want you to know that that's not okay. Mm. And hopefully your reaction is not a caustic one. Dude, yes. I know. That's, and sometimes it's fine. Yeah. I like, it's so hard. Like as a, I guess it's not hard, but it's like the, just the mixed feeling and emotions about that of like wanting to look attractive and like wanting to be beautiful, but not also wanting like dads to look at my tits. If I'm, you know what? It's just like such a balance. Like if I do have like, if I do dress like where I feel comfortable or sexy and then someone's like staring at me too much, I'm like, don't feel good about it. So it's such a, here are the facts. Here are the facts. You cannot separate the, I would say male gaze, but you know, there are lesbians too, mm -hmm. but you cannot separate the male gaze from our, uh, from what makes us feel attractive. Mm -hmm. I feel empowered in heels. 
only because we know that that's attractive to men. Women tend not to wear high heels just when you're totally alone. My whole thing, I have a joke about push-up bras. Like we wear them because that puts your breasts on display. You don't wear it when you're at home with the flu. So of course we want that attention and that positive feedback from society. I think our issue is, and of course it's a personal scale, like what pisses you off might not piss you off. But it is that thing where, and that thing goes off inside you as a woman where you're like, now I feel uncomfortable. You can look, you can be gross and look for passing each other on the street. It's unfair for me to wear a sexy outfit and get angry if anyone looks, because I'd be just as angry if no one looked. But Mm. there is that second where you're just like, okay, now we're done. Mm -hmm. And that line is often crossed when you feel the need to yell something at me or touch me if I don't want that. I don't have a problem with people calling me sweetie. A lot of feminists don't like it. It's, what are you going to do? Take on the world? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's tough because every woman has their line. So I think my issue is not if a man crosses it, but how we are frowned upon for having the right to retaliate or make ourselves feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And that is my issue. It's not, I'm never, I would never blame men for being men or looking at women. That is part of what we enjoy about them is that energy. But it is how angry society gets when you deign to reflect that ugliness back. Mm. Well, how dare you have an emotion? How dare you? I was on, um, this is a while ago, I was on a buddy's podcast and I told this story about how I did this show. And afterward I was standing with a couple of women. It was all like, it was a lot of women uh, there and this guy. And at the time I didn't say this because I was so cognizant of not wanting to shame a homeless person, but he was definitely homeless, which is fine. Like they're not always violent, mm-hmm. just like all people aren't always violent. And he came up and he inserted himself in the group and asked if we had a lighter. And I got all these beta males like, oh, I guess I'll never ask you for a lighter. I'm like, it's not about the lighter. It's about the fact that you deliberately use, we're all in the middle of a conversation. So A, it's rude, but B, it's making us uncomfortable because none of us were smoking. Sure, someone could have a lighter, but you don't want the lighter. You want attention. You want to interrupt our space. There's an energy. If a guy walks up, hey, do you guys have a lighter? You know, I'd be like, oh, sorry, no. But there's, you can, there's, you understand as the, the part of the species, as this sex, as females that are put upon, we have that thing that goes off inside of us. It's like, this doesn't make me feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And it's not all men. And I do a lot of unsafe things all the time. But in that moment, I was like, we didn't like that. And I just moved away. And men get angry when you dare to try to protect yourself Mm -hmm. preemptively. And you're just like, okay. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, I guess I'll never. I'm like, you know what? Don't. Because if you're stupid enough to think that that wasn't something that would scare me, I don't want you near me. Mm -hmm. So don't. You know? And it's such a- (laughs) Can't we look? What what, what do you want me to say? He was homeless and looked like he was on drugs. So I'm like, female comic shames homeless man. Like whatever your spin is, you're going to look bad. So you're constantly aware, I think as a woman, hyper aware of how you're coming off. And there's that line. Some days you're like, I don't give a fuck. And you just never know when someone's looking. What do you think about what's kind of happening now with the whole Me Too and and men being like, oh, I can't say anything. Mm-hmm. You know, like that whole thing. Not, not every man is doing that, but- See, I, but these are the caveats we have to verbalize. Like not every man because people get upset, men and women, you know. What do I think about the way the pendulum has swung that way? Here's the thing. Of course it's, we can't, first of all, my husband, my father, the men that I associate with have never been accused, nor have they ever sexually harassed someone. I, my dad talks to a lot of women, who fucking knows? But <laughs> the, these men have gone through life unscathed. Why? Because they don't treat women like garbage. So it's putting the 
blame on women. Like, oh, you can't have the door shut. It's like, well, no, if your boss is a good guy and everything's always been like, he's not a guy that does that. It won't be an issue. So it's not that you can't say anything. It's that you need to use some judgment and yeah. think about it. Just like we all, I think we've all had this reckoning in the past couple of years with the way we view people of color, the way we view all kinds of people, women, just being a little bit more sensitive. Has the pendulum swung so far left? Absolutely. But that overcorrection is temporary and it's necessary to swing back to the middle to get us to a place where we're just a little bit more aware of the other people in our society. So while yes, it will be uncomfortable for men for a little bit, just like white people are a little uncomfortable now, the goal is not to keep it at that heightened level. It is to get us all to a place where everybody feels a little bit more okay. And if people have to be uncomfortable with that for a little bit, so be it. You know, I think everybody's afraid of losing their power. Mm, I love that. That's really good. Yeah, I've never thought about that with the men thing with you know, me too is kind of like putting the, putting the onus back on women to kind of be like, I don't know. It's just like not taking responsibility for it and just like making them feel bad about nothing. So I think that's really, really good. I mean, the whole thing's been very eye opening in terms of, you know, I grew up in the nineties and I remember Monica Lewinsky and they're all jokes about her. You know, you're the, where the, that was such a big deal. I was like, yo, that was like a beautiful time. And look what's fucking happening now. Oh no, it wasn't beautiful. We treated her like garbage, garbage, treated her like a whore. And it never occurred. We we hadn't gone through this thought process. Like didn't, of course I was a kid. So who cares what I thought, but you're like, oh yeah. So gross of her, not, this is the most powerful man. I think a lot of us would have done what she did. The most powerful man who's not bad looking yeah. in the world. It's kind yeah. of fine. And Lord knows what he was telling her. Totally. You know, like my wife doesn't fuck me, which is what men love to say. Who yeah, knows? But totally. he gets off as this like fun, good old boy who we love to this day, still love him. Still and she, her day him. was, her, her day, her, her life, life was around. wrecked. So I like that perspective shift where we're taking away this- um, Shame. The shame. I was saying this the other day. This is the last thing I'll say about this was- uh, you know, when we were dealing with the whole um, Dr. Christine Ford mm-hmm. and people are like, oh, so men can't, men can't do it. And we're just supposed to believe all women. I'm like, no, no, no. You don't have to believe all women. What, I, what we're asking is that you don't blindly attack women when they do come forward. Mm. Everybody deserves due process. So Kavanaugh should get that due. We should have an investigation. And if you're the kind of woman who lies, God help you because you're going to burn in hell. But- our gut reaction as a society is you're a whore, you're a homewrecker. Cardi B, for example, her uh, husband, boyfriend, whatever, cheated on her. So she sent a pack of goons to go beat up the girl, you know, and she just like turned herself in for that. It's always blaming the woman. Yeah. From the Bible, we blame women. Women are always evil. It's always them. And we're just now as a society, and I'm, my eyes are open to this too. It's not like I, I was a forefront, at the forefront of this. We're just now getting to a place where it's like, maybe the woman isn't evil and everyone should be held accountable for their actions. How can you hold men accountable for their actions? How come if a guy cheats on his wife, it's the woman's fault, not the guy's fault? How come it's never, we're not holding them accountable for those actions. Women are held accountable for men's actions as well. Because boys will be boys. I'm not sure. You know who didn't do that? <laughs> boys uh, will any be man boys. that I know didn't uh, 100%. physically assault a girl. It's... I didn't know that about Cardi B. That's hilarious. So it's uh, it's that mentality of, oh, other women are evil. And it, it, 
I've never, and I'm sure there are out there, but like I've none of my girlfriends have ever been like, I'm gonna steal that guy. Mm -hmm. If your boyfriend is able to be stolen, then he wasn't yours in the first place. Yeah. That girl's a piece of shit, but your boyfriend's a piece of shit. 100%. We have trouble. And like, what does she owe you? Like, your boyfriend owes you shit. Like, she doesn't owe you shit. The girlfriend's a stranger. Who knows? I have a friend who was dating a guy who was married and had people known about it, they'd be like, oh my God, what a whore. You're so gross. But he was telling her, Oh, look, my wife and I don't have sex. We barely talk to each other. We're basically separated. You don't know. I know. And women do this stuff too. I'm just saying it's so, there's something so delicious about accusing women. There's something so much more fun about painting them as evil. I think because we're so mysterious and complex. Yeah. It's more fun to make them into villains. Mm. Plus fairy tales. What has been your experience as a powerhouse female in comedy. Truly. I don't know. Mm-hmm. If you think of female women in comedy, yeah, you are yeah. the one of the top names. And but That's what nice. has been your experience? Because I know it's has been a boys' club. So and I know it's changing. So what has been your experience? It's such a hard question. I almost need you to get more specific yeah. because my experience is so A, it's mine. But B, it's so mm unrelatable to many simply because I became a headliner at such a young age. And so, and I don't want to be misunderstood by any of the women out there who are dying to write a smear piece about female comic shits on other women, whatever. I became a headliner so soon. So I didn't have to go through, and that's because I want to show. So I didn't have the experience of going through those years of men preying upon me oh, you want to open for me? Oh, come, you know, do this. I didn't have to, I hustled my ass off, but it was sort of a little bit more on my own terms. A club owners, like, look, you're coming in, you're doing well. Club owners aren't going to treat you like shit. Uh, you know, I, I've never, I've never had that experience. Yeah. Um, I also, you know, I don't want it. This is, that's it. So I, I've always been a little bit more in control and I've never had to ask a male comic for anything. Mm. By virtue of that fact, you know, I was alone a lot. So I didn't really get a chance to bond with a lot of women. So I didn't have that experience of coming up with like a group. Of course I have friends, Mm. Mm -hmm. not a weirdo. Um, But people would ask me for the past 10 years, you know, prior prior to the Me Too movement, everything like that, what's it like being a female comic? And I never thought about it Mm. because I've always run, run with the boys. Women weren't in funny positions when I was growing up, I was the only girl in my improv troupe. And then there were a couple girls in my sketch troupe and we went to such a a supportive college. I went to Emerson. So it wasn't a thing that women weren't funny. That wasn't a part of my ether, you know? And then you get into the real world and it turns out, oh, people think that. And I'm like, well, too fucking late because I'm already here. Mm. And so I didn't experience that. And I've, it's, my eyes have been more open to it the last several years just because people choose to tell me that. And I'm like, it's such an uneducated thing to say women aren't mm. funny mm. or I'll get compliments. Like, I don't think women are funny, but I love you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Where, how do you think that feels good? Dude. Uh, and my whole thing that I always say is that people don't think female comics are funny mm. because for the longest time there weren't that, I mean, there's still more men that do it, but there were less women. So that if one woman got up and sucked and she was the only woman on the lineup, she represented the minority. So it's like with any minority, when one of you does something bad, the whole group gets blamed. Mm-hmm. There are, mathematically have to be more men that suck because there are more men that do it, but they're just given more chances. So I kind of, I've just always been blinders on moving forward, you know, and then there's, I always just kind of like felt like an outsider. Growing up and stuff or like through the comedy? Uh, Through comedy. I don't, I'm not in a cool group. 
I will never be like variety. I'm too old now, but like variety top 10 comics to yeah. watch. My whole thing's always been, I will succeed despite, in spite of whatever uh, preconceived notions you have about me, women, whatever you think I am, I'm not that. I was at uh, Montreal this year and- uh, Just for laughs? I was at Just, sorry, Just mm-hmm. for Laughs, yeah. And I go, I've gone almost every other year since I was a new face in 2008. And my feature act, his name is Hunter Hill. He's like this big dude, looks like a tiny bear. <laughs> and he's funny. And I bring him because he has a very sensitive act. And it's mm. a very personal act, mm. which for a comic who's not that many years in, it's a very evolved, polished act coming from a male. It's not, you know, like I'm fucking chicks and I'm stoned. Not that all male Literally. comics do that. But yeah. he's got a fiance and he talks about vulnerability and how mm. he's not like, it's a very personal act and it's funny. And I believe in his comedy. And we went and and he didn't get new faces this year because they probably just saw him as just like a white guy, but he's so much more than that. And he didn't get it. And I said to him, if you fly to Montreal, because I had a gala, like I had a big show. I was like, I'll give you 20 minutes in front. Like you can open for me. And I didn't have, I didn't need an opener. I could just do it. And if you do new faces, you get seven minutes in front of the industry. And so here he was, he got this chance to do 20. So he flew himself there. Side note, I always pay for him to fly everywhere, but this one trip was just me. And I was like, if you pay yourself, yeah. you got to struggle a little bit. So he went, he stayed on a friend's couch because it'd be inappropriate to stay in my room. Um, <laughs> and he did 20 minutes, crushed, of course. Damn. He works with me. Of course he's going to be polished and ready. And he murdered it and he walked off stage and he got signed by Brillstein Gray in the wings. Shut the fuck up. And I got off stage and I we went to this big party they have after and I paraded him around like he was my new baby because my message was, I was like, he fucking came to play and he didn't fuck around and he got signed and you guys are all sitting there resting on your hype and your laurels because, and look, there are plenty of funny comics there, but like, don't believe the hype. What works is hard work, dedication. And this isn't taking that away from any other comic as people probably will hear this and that's what they'll extrapolate from this. And I was walking around and I said, every executive I saw, every person, every comic. And I was like, my boy fucking got I'm sorry, like falling into an accident. He got <laughs> signed because he did the work and he came to crush and like he came on him. And I was just so proud. Mm. I was so proud because I've built my career that way. Yes. No help, no special friends, no groups, nothing like that. And you just grit it out and you do the work. Mm. And I think a lot of younger comics need to hear that. Like you've just got to do the work. What is the work then? Like, cause I don't, not in comedy. So I don't really know like what someone coming super prepared and crisp, mm. like for him, like what did that mean? In terms of the way the work manifests, yeah. it, it's, you have a very, a finite amount of time, a short amount of time to get that audience on your side. And then you've got to make them laugh and then you got to get out of there. So it's got to be tight. You don't have the luxury of like, mm. I don't know. What do you guys want to talk about? Mm. When you see comics doing that, that's because Dave Chappelle can get on stage and say that because it's an earned sort yeah. of grace period, you know? But it's just that. It's you got to get in there and take no prisoners and do your set that's personal to you. And, and in some cases, that takes many years to develop. But he's been on the road with me for about two years doing 20 minutes a night on, you know, we'll do two shows or we'll do 40 minutes, you know, just doing that and refining and honing and looking and reflecting and hustling. The guy runs a com, he runs several comedy shows, you know, like mm. there's no, you know, he doesn't take his foot off the gas and either do I. So it's that. Or you've famous friends that help you out, mm-hmm. which I don't. Yeah. So it's just that. I was just, you take it however you can get it. And what I've lacked in um, networking skills, I've made up for with sheer muscle. Mm. So you just go where your strengths are. You know? Yeah. Everybody's got 
Yeah, got a lot definitely. of quotes in this. I know. You got a lot of good quotes <laughs> for our fucking audiogram. I have to do a Boston accent crushing. for this movie. Oh, Thank fuck. you. And so I was just at my acting coach because this movie's like oh, coming. I, in. I'm seeing where it comes together. So I'm now. like slipping. I'm not from, I went to school there, but like it's slip. Like I just like that toughness is there. And I'm like, I'm not, like I've never hit anyone. Lindsay went to school in Boston. <laughs> Where'd you go? PC. Oh, cool. Yeah. You guys should just do Boston accents the rest of the time. <laughs> Are you from Boston? No. Yeah, it's a tough one. But it's, is it? Do you find it hot? Hot? Hot. Dep- hot? <laughs> do I find it hot? <laughs> I Depends on who's talking. A f- like for a guy to be a, like a, a ba, he's like- I A ba? Hot. hot. Uh, I think it depends on the guy. Totally. Because- <laughs> it just depends on how hot the dude is. I mean, <laughs> that's with everything. Literally, I'm just kind of like, you can have a little like bit of a, on a hot guy, a little hot. trash. Neck tattoo. On a hot guy, hot. <laughs> yeah, you're a hot dude. You're hot. Yeah, literally. you're hot. You're fucking hot. It makes it hot. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not. A, I don't know. Accents don't. It just depends. Sometimes, so now I'm seeing the scene was with this. So I'm now I'm seeing it come together. Mm-hmm. She, yeah, she's a crazy person. <laughs> the girl. Anyway, I spent my morning like that's yelling in a so Boston fun. accent. It's fun. That is so fucking fun. So fucking fun. <laughs> so fucking fun. Um, I want to talk about your like evolution then, like in comedy. Like what did you start? Because and um, so I listened to um, the Oprah interview with Amy Schumer and I thought it was really mm. interesting when she talked about her evolution as a comic and before she used to like say whatever, kind of like the shock factor in her comedy and now she's much softer and now she doesn't feel like she needs to say that. So I'm curious, like if you're, it, from what I've seen of, of your work, it seems like it's really evolved, but I'm curious from your perspective, how like your voice in comedy has evolved. Well, and I answer this completely independent of anything having to do with other comics. Mm-hmm. I think people love to take women's words and be like, well, that's you're shaming her. Like this has nothing yeah, to do so true. Had, had you prefaced it with that or not. I've never felt the need to say anything for shock value. You know, I've never, I think it's all about what you get praise for when you're starting. So you go on stage and you make a joke about dicks and people laugh and you're like, oh, I'll go to that. Did I have a herpes joke when I started? Totally. Uh, my jokes when I started were relatively clean because a lot of them were on TV. And then hmm. I always like to think if you look at all my specials, you don't have to go back and watch them. But I always feel that I was talking about exactly what I should have been talking about at the time. Crass is a gradient scale. So the fact that I'm a woman speaking might offend a lot of people. You would never hear me be like, you know, fuck my pussy. I mean, go down on me in a dumpster. <laughs> but I've definitely talked about sex in a dumpster. Like there's just different ways, yeah. certain words I choose to use that other women do. Like everyone's got totally. it differently. But at 27, 28, 29, I was... And I stand by this. I was the first one to talk about pumpkin everything. And then this just avalanche <laughs> of Dude, that's PSL. So true. I started it. I really think that. And then like all these memes, I think meme makers are the great, like the biggest thieves. Cause I'll see my own bits out there. And I'm like, you didn't see that on my special. Really? That's oddly specific <laughs> to be happening in this time and place. <laughs> like I have a whole bit about digging through your bag. You use a search claw and you dig through your bag and you find, uh, you always find a Nature's Valley crumpled granola bar and all these things. <laughs> there was this meme the other day that was about a guy and a guy was like, oh, you dig through your bag and you find a nut bar. And I was just like, really motherfucker? Like you really just came up with that yeah. independent. People steal from me all the time and there's no way to prove it, yeah, but I'm like- I know. I Internet see, culture. I, yeah, I see you breathing down my neck. Um, <laughs> but I think what I was talking about at the time, would I do some of those jokes again? No. Do I look back and I'm like, really? That's what I said? But- I think it was appropriate and it was exactly what that girl at that time should have been talking Mm -hmm. about. And then where we 
come as a society and confirm kills. I started, I kind of looked at my comedy and I was like, okay, I've always made fun of girls with love because I've been that girl. So I had a license to say that experience, but now it's time to stand up for women, not just make fun. Cause there comes a point where it's like, are you just ragging on them for material and where's the heart? Totally. And I've always prided myself on, look like I was going to cry. I was burping. I've always <laughs> prided myself on having heart. And I mm. think I could have probably been a, more successful had I not had vulnerability and heart. These are two things that you kind of don't need to be successful, but it's important to me to believe the words that I'm saying. And then after that special with this one, I made this special and I was like, I, we, you record it and it wasn't out yet. And I was like, I don't know if my baby's pretty. You don't know. Mm-hmm. It's like this weird postpartum thing because you get ready and you're doing a, a diet for it and all this stuff and you do it. And you're like, are they going to think I'm a fraud? Is it, are they going to think mm. it's, you know, and it came out and it was such a success, which I didn't think would happen. Not because I don't believe in myself or what I'm saying. It's because I feel so largely unseen and nothing ever works out. You never, I never get any, I never get the thing that I want uh, for better or for worse. And it came out and it, and it hit and it was the right message at the right time. So these are things that I wanted to be saying. And we are at a time where I felt we needed to, you have to stand up for women, but also sugarcoat it in a way that people want to hear that message. I don't, I have no interest, nor would I ever be the kind of woman who's like, fuck men. I hate them. You know, dick kicking, pussy hat, whatever. Fuck you. Because guess what? Then you're alienating half of your audience. It's also not how I feel. Like I love men. I am a frat boy wrapped in a feminist body, mm-hmm. you know? And I think part that's why part of, part of the reason Hannah Gatsby worked so well was because it was so authentically her mm-hmm. story. And people are like, do you call that stand-up? And I'm like, and they're like, cause it wasn't funny. And I'm like, what about all the other specials out there that are not funny <laughs> that we call stand-up? So these things are happening now where people are wanting to hear what we have to say. It's not just these mm. superficial, you know, jokes. There's a, a time and a place in your career for those. But at a certain point, you have to begin evolving. Otherwise, you will be that 45-year-old comic still talking about fucking 19-year-olds or something like that, mm-hmm. you know? You want to evolve and grow. Otherwise, you get stuck. And there's nothing sadder than like an older comic who like still does their same shtick. Mm-hmm. They're like an anachronism, you know? Mm-hmm. They're just like stuck. I was so excited by Elder Millennial because not only was the... was the content, something that I was like, yes, yes, yes. But I was also thinking about, like you were saying, men watching it and it's something that they would really enjoy and Mm -hmm. laugh at. And also at the same time you flip it and you're like, just think about it. Just think about it. Just think. And it wasn't like, ew, men. And it just, I I was excited because I was like, I can't wait for men to watch this, laugh. And also it takes men a few days. So like a few days later, they're like, oh, wow. (laughs) But even, you know- true. In the moment, it's nice to have these think pieces. Of course, the first intent, you want people to laugh. That's first and foremost, but I want them to think. And I, these are my thoughts. And it's like the idea, like if I'm thinking this, other people have to be thinking this. So it resonates with women because they're like, yes, this is what I've been saying. And in an immediate gratification kind of way, I see men turn to their girlfriends and say, is that really how you feel? Is that true? Is that what you think? And then the girl says, yes. And then he just understands her a little bit more. And that's what we need mm-hmm. as people of different colors, different mm-hmm. genders, different everything. You don't have to fully accept everything. You just have to not be a dick and make an attempt to understand people just a cup, a little bit more than you did the day before. We're all going to say things that are dumb and mean and wrong. 
that we think are funny, but it's the question of like, did I, do I know a little bit more today than I learned yesterday? And that's, that's how I live in. Uh, you're going to offend people and we, they get mad, so mad at comics. You know, Leslie Jones had that rant recently. She's like, let comics be comics. And it's like, and I think, who was it? I was at the rock and roll hall of fame and they were like, oh, fuck it. Who said it? The first amendment. Why do I think it was not iced tea? Oh my God. Not, <laughs> now I'm going to be so whatever. Uh, Come first, on. Yeah. It on Emily. It's on my Instagram. It doesn't matter. The First <laughs> Amendment shouldn't apply to rock and roll. And I wrote like, and comedy. It's just the idea that like, we got to get these things out. And mm-hmm. I also always ask myself, like, where's this joke coming from? My, my aunt always says like the highest light. Like, am I saying this to hurt you or is it because it's my truth? And I think where we, and I've noticed there's this weird splinter faction. I talk about this in the special I'm writing now of feminists that the whole idea of being liberal is that you're not telling anyone how to be. You can have opinions, but when I deny you the, you know, when I get mad at you or deny you the right to be that, then you're no longer liberal. And you get this weird splinter faction of very, very staunch, far left liberal women who get angry at other women when they deign to express an opinion that they don't agree with. And then all of a sudden it goes from like, oh, I don't believe her too. She's not my kind of feminist. I hope she fucking burns. Mm -hmm. So it's that slippery slope Mm -hmm. of like, how are we on the same team? What are you actually fighting for? Why are you so mad at me? Because I hurt your feelings. Aren't you stronger than that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we want to move forward as women, but we have to to just chill out about a couple things. Mm -hmm. And people can take that out of context if they want, but I do. No. I think we're stronger than that. I think so too. The ability, our feelings are always hurt by other women. And it's like, or just do whatever. I mean, I don't know. Just live and let live. Mm-hmm. Just live, laugh, love. I want to go ahead. I'm going to look for uh, yeah. some questions. I wanted to ask you, like, so far in your career, have there been anything you regretted that you were like, ah, did that, didn't, shouldn't have done that? It's weird because in saying it, then it draws more attention to it. Mm, feel that. <laughs> so I was like, what's your biggest insecurity? I'm like, why the fuck would I tell you? Why? So you can look at my weird toe. <laughs> Literally. Not your toe. Uh, I've I definitely used words in specials. Like these are not, these are fun specials where I look back and I'm like, why didn't anyone tell me yeah. not to? So that's not cool. I guess that's it. You know, like the idea of regret means I, I wake up every day like, oh, it could have been this way. Yeah. I just caught that ball. I mean, I'm, I'm the kind of person that looks back. I'm like, I'm angry at people. They should regret not having given mm-hmm. me a chance. I don't know because I think I'm always, I was always doing the best I could with mm-hmm. what I had. Mm-hmm. So it's so easy to look back and be like, had I only. Totally. Sometimes I feel like I wasn't doing the best I could with what I had. Is the thing is like, sometimes I'm like, people are like, oh, people are just doing the best they can. I'm like, I don't know if I agree sometimes. That's a stupid people excuse because most people can do better. Yeah. But like, you know, I didn't know anything about Hollywood for the majority of my career. Where are you from again? I'm from Dallas. Oh, we were just in Dallas. Dallas was cool. Oh, yeah. Where mm-hmm. were you? We did. We were on, Highland. We're on Highland tour. Park. Yeah, we, it's a nice neighborhood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it wasn't there. <laughs> okay, I fucked that up. <laughs> we did an event in an old church, church converted into a home, and it was really cool. But Dallas oh. was awesome. People were hot so as nice. Hell. Hot so as hell. hot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the idea of looking back. I mean, I w- there were. I think part of aging is looking back and being like, oh, I wished I had known then what I know now, yeah. but that's impossible. Yeah. So. And there was another thing just before that oh, too. I, wait, one more thing. I wish yeah. I hadn't worn extensions for as long as I did in like oh, 2014. What did I do? It just kind of like ruined my hair. I had a short haircut and it broke it up, but I had them in oh, for like way too long. The beads? Uh, the keratin bond. Yeah. I don't regret having them because that was the best. So fun. But my hair was so sad looking. Oh. <laughs> it's like tanning beds. Yes. Yeah, tan. But- 
but you don't get cancer and your hair grows back. <laughs> I just think, well, I would, I would my friends again, that all have extensions too, it's like you see it and I think that you see this thick ass hair and then you take it out and you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, that's what they really look yeah, like. Yeah, you have like, so much hair. It's I all do. real. Isn't it crazy? I believe that. It it's looks crazy. like real hair. Some people. Some girls. Um, okay. Just a few questions just to wrap up. Yeah. Oh, this is just before you say that. Sorry. Oh, yeah. About Sorry. Elder Millennial too and about your career is I love your, um, the way um, you talk about your husband yeah. and don't talk about your husband Thank and you. kind of like, it's just like a cool way that you communicate your relationship. And it seems like you guys are very um, like comfortable with each other. And like, it's just like not doting, but it's respectful. Are you talking about in the special or just in like on social media? And then social media too. Thank like you. how you haven't really like been shared his name much before. Yeah. You know, I stole that idea from my friend Shallon, who is the editor of Star Magazine. And when she was uh, married, she never said the guy's name. This is before I'd met yeah. my husband. She always called him handsome gentleman. And I always thought that was so cool. cool. Just because, and like, it's not about rubbing it in girls' faces. Like, you need to be more secure. Who cares if I have a boyfriend? You don't, whatever. But there was that idea that like, no, no, this is mine. It's not something you get to judge. Um, and so when I met him, and of course the name Smokey Husky comes from, <laughs> he is a chef and one of the restaurants that he's part of, they smoke food. Mm -hmm. uh, so he always smelled like, wood smoke, like barbecue smoke. Mm -hmm. And he's got really light eyes. So I started calling him Smokey Husky. And then online <laughs> I started doing that. And I, he doesn't love being on the camera. He's very funny, very smart, but he doesn't, he doesn't have that desire I do. Like, let's film this, let's do this. And it's one of those things where I was like, I'm not signing up to have this, have this man judged. I'm closed. I'm stealing this again from my friend, Sean, closed for feedback. I don't care. Here's what's going to happen. Either you're a dude and you're jealous. So you're going to call him the F word or say he's ugly. Whatever he is, he's going to be wrong because you don't like that. I, I'm not as overwhelmingly positive as the feedback will be. I don't want any of the negative. So yes, you'll see him on occasion, but I'm not here for your comment on my relationship. Yeah. Just like I will not be here for your comment on my child if I have one. Mm -hmm. There are certain parts of your life, I think there's a dignity in keeping them to yourself because mm -hmm. I share so much. So just because you're a fan doesn't mean you deserve access to every single thing. Mm -hmm. That being said, I did some house hunter videos on our honeymoon and I, I think you almost <laughs> left me because I kept being like, let's do house hunter parody. Oh, fuck. So I try to respect uh, his limits. Close for feedback. That's a great one. Stole yeah. from my friend Shallon. You can ask her about wow. it. Shallon. I love you. Um, Elena says, she is my queen. Uh, I literally love her so much. Her perfect breakup routine made me laugh so hard. I fell off my friend's bed. Uh, question, how does she make time to take care of herself when she's on the road with tours? Great question. Because it's a new concept for me. <laughs> uh, because for the longest time, I got sick a lot. Like just getting colds, just because I would meet everyone. One time I met a thousand people after a show. And that's when it hit me. I was like, I wow. have to start charging for this. People always get mad when you become more successful. They're like, oh, well, you, you didn't charge yesterday. You charge now. I'm like, I am sick and I don't have the time nor the hand skin to shake a thousand hands. I guess it would be 2000 because everyone's got two. Um, not everyone. Female comic shames <laughs> people with one hand. Um, so it's about learning to value your time. And the idea that when we go out yeah. to eat, we'll get a, a guard just because I can't keep it. People will just take, take, take. You know, so drawing those lines, people always think like male comics that go out and they fuck a bunch of chicks, they party. I definitely had my time where I was like going out and have a drink after. Um, I'll never forget getting on a plane one time, not drinking the night after. And I was like, oh, I'm not hungover. I don't have to be hungover on the 6 a.m. flight. And as I've gotten a little bit older, and of course, once you get married, like that call of the wild, like hot dudes are everywhere. But like, you know, I, fans bring me face masks. 
So just so you know, if you're a fan that brings them, I definitely use them. I go back to the hotel. I take like two melatonin. On occasion, I'll take half an Ambien. And then I like give myself 10 minutes before I start to get weird. (laughs) And I I just, I work out on the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Face masks, like just constantly trying to plump that face. Mm -hmm. And just giving yourself the, I hate to say permission because it sounds so holistic. Like last night. It's an LA thing that we think it's like annoying. (laughs) I didn't, uh, I didn't do a set. I didn't call in for sets this week. I just like ate and watched The Office. And Mm. then I read a book. Mm. Just kind of forcing yourself to slow down because you have to remember nobody's thinking about your hustle except for you. Nobody will miss you. It's okay. Like you're not that important. And I squeeze my dog a lot. Planch, man. But I also, I spend money. You have to spend your money on what is important to you. So like I always buy a first class ticket. With money that I earned. I love that. Pete Holmes said that. I I think a lot of comics, well, I spend a lot of time. Why not? If it makes it that much easier to fling yourself across the country under iPads. I know these are like superficial things. I played Ohio on Saturday night. That show got done at 1230. I stayed at my aunt and uncle's house, which was lovely. Um, We went to bed at like two. The rental car, because we drove from Michigan, had to be back at 5 a.m. The flight was at 6.30. Flew in, landed, had to go to this shoot for this project, for this Funny or Die Vanity Fair thing. Landed, had to read from a prompter and like be funny and clever about politics. And then I got home and I wanted to spend time with my husband who I hadn't seen in two weeks, but I also needed to nap. Mm -hmm. So it's that constant balance of like, I'm so exhausted and you want to, luckily he was like, go take your nap. It's fine. But- it is about asking yourself, like, what do I need right now? Mm. I could talk about this all day. Totally. How has your like sense of self changed since finding your partner? I remember hearing this interview. I read it. It was Emily Blunt talking about John Krasinski. I mean, come on. And I boy, at the time I heard it, and this was before, you know, I was probably a maniac mm-hmm. dating around, maybe a little bit angry about stuff. Who knows what I was doing? And she said something to the effect of, it wasn't until I found him that I felt emboldened to become the woman that I am. And I remember like heavy eye roll. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then I was just like, that's so annoying. Da, da, da. And then I, and of course I didn't tweet at her. I didn't like call for her <laughs> head in the town square, but I was like, key, whatever. Key point there. <laughs> yeah. And I, after being married, you know, and whatever, I remember being like, oh my gosh, I get it now. There is, and even my mom's like, you're a lot, you're a lot calmer than you were. Mm-hmm. There's just this, that, that part of your hustle where you're like, I'm dating. I got to find the one that now that that's gone. Not that I always felt that way, but that energy now that's gone. And you have this sort of Constant. extra time Yeah. and knowing that he, and this is just our relationship. We've had to have talks where he's like, just so you know, and I've said this to him, like, he's like, I'm never against you. And I think we live in this the city oh, wow. and society and this industry where people are, whether they say it or not. And that's so comforting to know that there actually is some one person who never thinks anything bad is 100% on your side. He's like, I'm only ever trying to make things better. And I'm like, lies. <laughs> but there is that, that energy spent that you would, you know. Completely agree. So there's that. I, so I understood her quote then. And that's just part of evolving and, and growing yeah. with your partner. That being said, I will never be the kind of wife that's like, I can't go anywhere without my husband. Like yeah. I do shit without him all the time. I encourage him to do yeah. something. You can't just lose yourself. Uh-uh. 
He's like, I won't be home this week. I'm like, oh, so sad. <laughs> Literally. Guess who will be sitting with a face mask watching pleasure? Literally. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to be wearing all your clothes, eating all your shit. All, all three of your shirts. <laughs> Literally. Eating um, all your shit. Kat is asking, um, outside of comedy, like, where do you see yourself evolving as well? I just feel like you're a Renaissance woman and it's- oh my God, thank you. You know. Uh, my goal, my answer to that has always been, my goal has always been to be able to do comedy and art on a bigger and better scale on my own terms. So as I get, as I move forward and the scripts that I have that are, you know, getting producers attached now, it's the idea that I'm captain of my own industry and that I can decide when I do things and that I have things available and it's less trying to sell myself on people and more yeses, less noes and more freedom to do things and never, I'm at a point now where I don't feel I ever have to take any gig, which is great. But just that freedom to decide this is my brand of comedy. I'm not wedging it in with anyone else's. Mm. There's a lane for my voice. And I've carved that out with stand-up and it's getting that way with movies and scripts, leaving for a pitch right after this. And to always, to be busy on my own terms. I love being busy because I am bored 100% of the time. Like even when I'm busy, I'm like, this is homework. (laughs) I need like a lot. I have to be touching and moving a lot of things. So- that you want to put your head down at the end of the day and be like, I did today. Mm-hmm. I did it. So it's that to always be doing things on my own terms and to hopefully have perspective shifts. You know, they come every couple of years mm-hmm. in the way society, I want to keep growing. I want to look back and be like, that was so cute that I said that I feel differently now because of X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea is to be totally. in your highest form, I guess. Sometimes I get scared about podcasts because of that. I'm like, uh, it's like recorded at a moment sure. in time. You know, I'm like, uh, I'm going to feel totally different in a year. I don't get scared, but I just think about that. I'm like, oh, if someone listened at a year from now, you know, a year before they'd think I thought differently about right. something. And if people weren't such monsters, then you'd have the chance a year from now to be like, oh my God, last year I said this. I don't feel that way anymore. But we love to hold on to the one thing you said. The, uh, this is why our society, we don't encourage growth. You tweeted one thing once, therefore you're a piece of shit forever. So true. <laughs> and some people are. But sometimes it's like, yeah, okay, sorry, I said that about Sprint. <laughs> Literally, but I, I wouldn't they double that charge again. me. <laughs> sorry, I got. I, sorry, I evolved and got better. Is that not what we wanted? Yeah, literally. No, people want yeah. you to stay at their level. So, so good. I feel like I haven't been funny. I feel like this has all been like very serious girl, girl talk. That's You've what we're funny. about, honey. What, are you, what are you going to do? <laughs> hey, <laughs> have you heard this one <laughs> about the female comic, <laughs> dude? So no. you're writing a special now? Oh uh, yeah, always. One. Yeah, I'm going to do another one. Pumped. Couldn't tell you exactly when, probably yep. top of 2019. We just want to know what you're going to wear this time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can you, can you actually shut out the pants? That's yeah. the last Talk question. about the outfit. Alberta, sure. Was it Alberta Ferrari? Emily Ferrari. Yep. Wasn't it? Ferretti? Ferretti? Ferretti. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, who's the number one sweetheart? <laughs> she is. Female comic shames Italian third generation immigrant. Uh, Alberta Ferretti. Uh, my stylist for the special, Tara Swenson. Fa- what? Swenin, sorry. <laughs> Love you, T. Love you, T. Sweet. T. Sweet. Uh, found me those pants, among others, and we tried them on. And, you know, when you're picking out an outfit for TV, it's not, you can't wear the same kind of clothes unless you are real thin. Dude. You can't wear the same kind of clothes you would wear in real life. And I'll never forget when I was picking out the outfit for Confirmed Kills, I had this idea because I've been doing a lot of like heavy weightlifting. I wanted to look very strong mm-hmm. for Confirmed Kills and for Elder Millennial, I wanted to look lean. Whether I accomplished that or not, you did. Well, thank you. I think the high heels helped. Mm. Because all I see are like the imperfections, of course. Of course. Still look great. It was like a little too much fake hair. Um, But (laughs) 
I'm going to grande vibes <laughs> major. And everyone's like, Oh, it's Madonna ponytail. I'm like, she can't have a monopoly on a high ponytail. Like, yeah. What am I supposed to do? So, a low bun? <laughs> true. So for convertibles, I remember I wanted to do shiny black leggings mm-hmm. and then a tank top that was cut. So like the whole sides are cut out oh, yeah. all the way down. It, you guys probably can't see it at home, but just like giant armholes and a dope of. black bra with like straps. So I tried it on and I got on stage and I did it. And my manager filmed it with her phone. We were in the theater the night before. And this is why women need strong women in their lives who, uh-huh. you know, love you because she walks up, she goes, you look so fat. <laughs> You're not fat. This doesn't flatter you. And I, what was so important to me? Like, she's like, I'm sorry if that hurt your feelings. I was like, no, I want that. I don't want the friend that's like slay queen. I want the friend that's like, this looks bad on camera. Let's run out and get you pants from H&M. Yeah. So, and then I found like an underwear top from Nordstrom and that was confirmed kills. This outfit wanted high-waisted. We thought it would be cute to do a sailor thing because we were on a ship. Mm. The top is like something I stole off like a 14-year-old gymnast. Like it's like a $5 garbage top. I don't know. But the pants were- You fly as fuck. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's so funny. Camera clothes versus Camera now clothes. we're like getting on and dude, like we'll have like, I'm just wearing shit. I'm like, oh, I swear that was fine in person. Yeah, but it's a yeah. mind fuck. It's, it's a, weird. It's a mind fuck. It is. You'll never- uh, you, you, you're always looking at me like, oh, that doesn't look like my what arm is, is a ham. Yeah, yeah li- ham arm. Literally. Ham arm is a serious <laughs> medical condition. Harm. I had to wear, also, I had to wear long sleeves because it was so cold. If you look at the audience in that special, they're all in jackets. We're in the hull of a ship. It's fucking freezing. <laughs> my nose was running. I think my palms were purple. It was so cold that then the lights weren't warming me. So I needed, yeah. I was wearing like very thick socks under those pants. <laughs> um, but you know what? The audience doesn't want to hear you complain about how cold you are. Yeah. <laughs> So you figure I can grit it out for an hour of my life. Yeah. Um, Tell jokes, bitch. Yeah. So that was it. And my makeup artist, I always let him kind of take license. Yeah. So mm. good. So he gave me a lip and a cheek and I just, I, I just didn't fight him. Did you I, feel good? I did. Good. Yeah. You I never, looked amazing. Thank you. You looked amazing. It's so much makeup on. Thank you. I tried really hard. <laughs> you I did a diet for it. I'd never done a diet. Like I did like, I like months out planned. It. I would literally, when you were on, when we, I was watching with my boyfriend, I was like, what was the diet like? It was, I gained a whole new sense of respect for, it sounds so bratty. Like I've never done a diet, but I, not everybody has, you know, like, is my body perfect? No, but I genetically, like, I don't, it's like not an overweight family. So I never thought about dieting. And it's only in my like mid thirties that I'm like, oh, I can't eat like a monster anymore. What's Mm -hmm, that? So I did the ketogenic diet to get ready for it. And I was like, holy shit, the way that we treat fat people in our society, like just don't eat. I am not overweight and it was impossible. Like it was so hard. So I gained this whole new sense of mm. how cruel we are to people. Even girls that are chubby, like just don't eat. And it's like, it is so hard Dude. to cut out sugar, like kill yourself. Like mm-hmm. it is so, so I, I appreciate that perspective. Um, and now I, I honor every single piece of candy that I eat. Yeah, man. Because it's hard. And after you were like, fuck keto. <sighs> I swung so hard the other way. I went on my honeymoon and I, we went through Italy. <laughs> Honey, Brutal. Yeah, it's like it was. I almost died because uh, I ate so much. Uh, it was. It changed. It changed my taste buds. Like I was cool. always a sugary coffee yeah. girl. Yeah. Now I just drink coffee and milk. I can't stand the idea of a sugary coffee drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. But what do you do before a show? By the way, like what is your like? Chill. Yeah, chill. I didn't I, know if there's like kind of a little ritual you do. I don't have any rituals or um, superstitions because yeah. then I think you're giving power to something that is completely psychosomatic. Um, and if you ever don't do it, then you're like, ah! right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even have anything in my writer. I think blueberries are in there because it's left over from the diet, but I, sh- I will it's show nice. up 
minutes before. There is no special thing. I'm cool. signing posters. I'm just chilling. Mm-hmm. I'm on my phone. I take about yeah. a half hour to do my makeup and I like listen to music, but that's it. Cool. Yeah, because it's not a job that always is glamorous. Sometimes you got to get off a plane and run. Sometimes you're sick. You don't have the luxury of like, I need all white candles. I know. No champa. To pray, meditate on my cat. Like you can totally. just go. Yeah, totally. So I don't, I personally don't have anything. I love that. That's the thing too. It's like with nine to five jobs in like corporate and stuff, it's like you can be sick and like be at your desk, but like shit like that is like performing. It's Crowd so, doesn't care. Dude does not care. They don't care. I've definitely gotten bad news and had to go on stage. Uh, I remember my brother got arrested once and I like they told me that. And then there was like, I got called to the stage. So you're, but you become so enveloped in the art and you feel so good after you get off stage that you forget about it. But I was like, one day something's going to happen to someone in my, like my mom, my parents are going to die and I'm going to have to go, you know? Mm-hmm. And I know comics that have had to do that, mm-hmm. but that's being a professional. Maybe you could take human. the night off. <laughs> I don't know. People get really mad when they carve out time for a babysitter and everything. I don't know. People, people don't care. And they, they yeah. don't care. We'll care. Both they'll care. It's a new generation. We well, care. Here's to me having something so horrible in the new year. Yeah, literally, literally. Night off. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for being here. Yeah, this is Thank you best. so much for having me. Thanks, Dude, Literally. This yeah. is nice so meeting fun. you. You should so be fun. so proud of yourself. Yeah. Thank you. Being yourself on it. all this time and just like killing it mm. and like paving the way. And we're grateful you're here. Yeah. Thanks, Emily. Kill that pitch. Thanks, yeah. guys. Kill all the right. pitch. Love you. Love you. Bye. How cool is Eliza? For real. So cool. The best. So fun. So cool. Such a hard worker. So grounded. Mm -hmm. Funny as hell. We love her. Um, Review of the week, y'all. Thank you so much for writing reviews. Um, What's really special about our reviews on our podcast is how like long and thorough they are. Mm -hmm. It's almost like girls have to wait until they have this like five minutes to write them. It doesn't, but I just wanted to tell you guys, it doesn't need to be long. doesn't, you know, can be short, whatever it is that you want to say. We really appreciate your reviews and the reviews that you guys do write are so thoughtful. It's really special. And I mean, I'm not surprised at all because of how thoughtful of Mm. people you guys are, but I've just really, really noticed that when reading. It helps me to up my thank you note game. I'm like, damn, I really, yeah. (laughs) Like steak, like take sentences from the, you know, it's really, it's it's so you, I'm so grateful that you lift me up and make me better. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Five stars from the tree hugger life giving. This podcast is more than a podcast. It's an incredibly empowering multi weekly dose of staying committed to your true self, your goals and to each other. It's also a community Mm. of boss babes who lift each other up and make each other better. I'm so grateful I found this podcast, the amazing hosts and the secret Facebook group. I recommend it to every one of my girlfriends and they've all loved it just as much as I do. Thank you for your hard work and your heart work. Krista and Lindsay, much love to you both. Heart work. Ah, kisses. Kisses on the mouth with tongue. (laughs) Thank you so fucking much. Thank you all. We love Thank you. you. And, and we are going to, so Lindsay and I, just as an FYI for you guys, we've started, we've no longer doing interviews for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And we are going into our cave and we have something really, really exciting that we are working on that we will be announcing with you guys yes. soon. So episodes will be released every week, but yes. we personally won't be interviewing yes. people. But we're really excited about that because I don't know, next level. Next yep. level, almost 30. We're being called by y'all to kind of up level in every way. So we thank you for that. And um, we will see you next episode. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Love you. Love you.